Welcome to Numbers, News, and Nonsense, a sports podcast. Welcome to episode two of the podcast. We are your hosts, Brian and Ryan. And for those of you returning after listening last week, welcome back. And wow, do we have a lot to talk about after week two of the NFL season. Plus, for the first time ever on our podcast, we have some NBA news as well. We'll start with the NBA news right away. Today at around noon, the Timberwolves relieved Gerson Rosas of his duties as president of basketball operations. This came to a shock from all-star Carl Anthony Towns as he tweeted WTF. Rosas was at the Timberwolves facility earlier today and was even having meetings with the players. This is not a good look for the already bad franchise that is the Minnesota Timberwolves. Yeah, it's it's going to be interesting because they haven't really had a completely healthy season, so we really haven't seen where they can get to, especially since Cat and D'Lo played maybe no more than 10 games together, and they got D'Lo to try to get something going between them. But I don't know. Cat Cat doesn't seem too happy with it, so I wouldn't be surprised if he asks for a trade or tries to get out of there. Yeah, there's been some uh, rumors about him asking for a trade for a couple of years now, probably since he got drafted. I don't think he really wanted to be there. Uh, so we'll see what plays out with that in the future. Well, when he's completely healthy, he's the best offensive player center in the NBA. Easily. Joel Embiid, he's a free throw shooter. That's it. He's a flop free throw shooter. Cat actually has offense and skills. He can shoot the three. Cat can shoot the three. Right. Our second piece of NBA news is Ben Simmons will not show up to training camp for the 76ers. Uh, This comes after he requested a trade earlier in the summer, and we're going to go over some possible trade scenarios. I think that Ben Simmons had the right idea to say that he doesn't want to play for the Sixers anymore because knowing the Sixers, they would just try again with Ben Simmons and then fail again, and they just keep going at it. So I like how he's asking for a trade and doesn't want to play for that franchise anymore. Yeah, I – I'm a Ben Simmons fan. I feel like he's a good player in a bad situation. Uh, I feel like any other team would be better for him than the 76ers. Uh, They just haven't figured it out with him. Well, I know that um, Ben Simmons – well, the Sixers franchise is delusional because they're acting like Ben Simmons is basically Giannis and want – everything under the sun for him, but they're not going to get that, especially after he just failed miserably in the playoffs. Yeah, that was uh, was kind of embarrassing for Ben Simmons. Uh, that playoff performance wasn't too good and definitely doesn't help his trade value. Kind of went down after that playoff performance. Yeah, but so let's look at some trades. First trade that may happen is Malcolm Brogdon and T.J. Warren for Ben Simmons. What do you think about that? Uh, I personally feel like the Pacers should not do that, um, considering Malcolm Brogdon is their point guard, 
and TJ Warren has shown sparks of scoring. And pairing that up with Miles Turner at center, they have a good defensive team. They just have no coaching. Uh, I don't believe they should sell everything for Ben Simmons. <clears throat> yeah. Well, TJ Warren has been suffering injuries, so people are forgetting the type of player he was before the injuries. So when he comes back, I can see him easily being the comeback player. Like, And Malcolm Brogdon, all-star season last year, very underrated, and he is their point guard for a little bit of time, yeah. And the second trade is Ricky Rubio, Darius Garland, and Isaac Okoro for Ben Simmons, uh, with Ben Simmons headed to the Cleveland Cavaliers. As a Cavs fan, I want Ben Simmons. I am not giving up Darius Garland. Yeah, this goes in the complete opposite direction from wanting to trade Kevin Love and Colin Sexton to trading Okoro, Garland, and Rubio, who we just picked up. It doesn't make any sense to me. Okoro can easily be as high a defensive player in his career as Ben Simmons and can definitely be a better offensive player. Yeah, I also don't get why we would trade Ricky Rubio after just signing him this summer. Kind of stupid. Yeah, it doesn't really make any sense. That brings us to the next trade of CJ McCollum and Robert Covington for Ben Simmons and Tybal. Uh, I'm actually going to say 76ers, they should do this one. Uh, I think Matisse is a young defender, but Rocco is also an established vet defender. And you're getting CJ McCollum, who has never been an all-star, but he probably should have. Uh, if he gets traded to an East team, I think he's definitely an Eastern Conference all-star. Uh, and Ben Simmons gets to team up with Damian Lillard, maybe make one last run at the playoffs. Yeah, well, it the Sixers have one chance to either compete now or just try to get younger and get more picks. And by doing this, they'd obviously take the older players, the vets. So I can easily see them being a contender with CJ and Covington. Not right away. It would be tough, but I can easily see them improving way more than what they are now. Yeah. And the fourth trade on this list is Buddy Heald and Tyrese Halliburton for Ben Simmons, and that would be him going to the Kings. I'm complete no for the Kings right here. Uh, Buddy Heald, good shooter, good scorer. Tyrese played really good last year as a rookie. I think the Kings have all the good players. They just don't have a good team. I don't think you should give up these guys for Ben Simmons. Well, obviously, Ben Simmons would be a great defender up next to Fox's offense, but trading a top shooter and a young stud rookie for Ben Simmons, I think that they'd have better chances of trading them to other teams and giving more solid players around Darren Fox instead of just Ben Simmons. Yeah, and... I completely forgot about the Aaron Fox. Uh, he averaged, I think, 25 points per game last year and definitely could see him getting better by Buddy Heald and Halliburton. And they also drafted defensive stud Davion Mitchell. So I think they're going to 
maybe have a peek at the playoffs or the play-in this year. Yeah, yeah, but I don't see them keeping healed too much longer just because a lot of teams can use him right now, and his trade value is extremely high, so I see him being traded. Yeah. And for the final trade idea for Ben Simmons, it is Andrew Wiggins, Wiseman, and Moody for Ben Simmons and Tybal. I think people forget that Wiggins isn't pathetic. I mean, he put up almost 19, 19, 5, and 2. That's that's not bad. Not bad at all. But I don't like Wiggins with Embiid. I don't like that at all. I also don't – I'm not high on Wiseman. I know he was injured, but I don't see him being a top-tier center for a while. I think he's too – weak and it lacks too much confidence. Yeah, I also like you said about Wiggins, I believe people underrate Wiggins now after he'd been overrated. Uh and I also once again don't get uh trading Moses Moody after you just drafted him in the summer. Uh he hasn't even played a single game, so I don't get why you would trade him. Uh I also don't know why you would pair up James Wiseman with Joel Embiid, so it's kind of confusing. I don't think that should be a trade. Yeah, yeah, I don't like it. Out of all the trades, I think that the CJ McCollum and Covington for Simmons and Tybalt is the most realistic just because CJ to the Sixers and Simmons to the Blazers has seemed like a rumor for the longest period of time. Yeah, and it seems like a relatively fair deal for both sides. Uh, yeah. And they're both kind of playoff teams, so I, I could see it possibly happening. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And the last piece of NBA news we will be covering is the Clippers were just announced to have gotten a deal for a new arena in Inglewood, California. And open up in 2024, has 18,000 seats, $1.2 billion arena called the Intuit Dome. I think this is a good riddance for the Lakers. Uh, it's definitely, Staples Center is definitely the Lakers' home court. Uh, but I think the Clippers needed to uh, make the finals before they got in a new arena. Kind of disappointing how they just spend all this money if they're just going to be a pathetic team. I think it's about time. I mean, the Lakers were LA's team to begin with, and then the Clippers came in. It's kind of like the Rams were LA's team, and then the Chargers came in. I think the Clippers shouldn't try to even – I understand they are from the same place pretty much, but they shouldn't really try to be connected to Lakers at all. I think they should try to go on their own and show that they're their own franchise and that they can have something going for them. Yeah, the other thing I was thinking of is maybe the Clippers should have relocated to a different city Uh, because, once again, they're not moving too far away. Uh, I think there's four California basketball teams, uh, so you could definitely move one of them out, and if any of them have to leave, it's probably going to be the Clippers. Uh, Yeah, yeah, you can't get rid of any of the other ones. And moving into NFL news, 
we are going into the aftermath of week two, and we're starting off with our offensive player of the weeks. Uh, my offensive player of the week is my boy, Tom Brady. <laughs> Five touchdowns, 276 yards, three touchdowns in the first half. He looked 20 years old, looked like he was in his prime. And like I said, he could have broke record in a game like I said last week on the pod three touchdowns in the first half uh two turnovers I think by the Bucks which Brady could have had five touchdowns in the first half uh right now Brady is on pace for 77 touchdowns in a season which would destroy Peyton Manning's touchdown record of 55 yeah I mean insane we for Tom Brady and the Bucks but you do have to look at it was against the Falcons' defense. I mean, obviously it's something to be proud about, but it's not something to show that you'll be doing it every single week against top-tier defenses. Yeah. My offensive player of the week, Derrick Henry. I'm not a big Derrick Henry fan. I think he is extremely inconsistent and extremely overrated. But this week, the Titans finally gave him the – number one player role pretty much with 35 carries for 182 yards. That's just over five yards a carry. And on top of that, 55 yards receiving with only six receptions, that gives him nine yards a catch. I think that he can continue it for the next two games against the Jets and the Jags. But after that, they face tougher defensive lines and I don't see him continuing it. That's what brings me to the point of him being extremely inconsistent. Yeah, and you look at the number right there, 35 carries. Uh, Nick Chubb had 11 carries last Sunday, and he is third in the NFL in rushing yards. I think Derrick Henry is a little overrated. He had a good game, but at the same time, nothing any other running back wouldn't do on 35 carries. Yeah, yeah, it's it's not going to stay. And our second player of the week is our defensive player of the week. Uh, I think this should be clear. Uh, Bucks safety Mike Edwards had back-to-back pick sixes, basically solidified the game for the Bucks. One was 31-yard return, and the other was 15. Both in the fourth quarter, it was pretty nuts. Yeah, I mean, I understand the Falcons aren't that good, but Matt Ryan is a solid vet. Doesn't have the best O line, but when Matt, when you catch pick sixes more than once a game on Matt Ryan, that is something to be proud about. Yeah, for sure. But my defensive player of the week, Daniel Hunter, three sacks in the game. And they were pretty much all in the clutch against the Cardinals. He stepped up huge. They came up short because they just don't have a kicker. What can I say? But Daniel Hunter, every single time, he'd be rushing Kyler Murray like crazy. It was insane. Yeah, I think uh, the Vikings really screwed up. Uh they seem like a good team. It's just they can't get it done in the end, especially with kickers. Uh, they're cursed. They can't make a field goal. Yeah, what a what a sad way to go down. 
Yeah. But then we have our team of the week, and this was like a resurgence. The Bills rebounded after losing to the Steelers, where Josh Allen kind of looked pretty bad. Uh, They had a blowout win over their division rival, the Dolphins. And the two-headed monster of Zach military rushed for 108 yards and three touchdowns while Josh Allen dumped off two touchdowns to Diggs and Dawson Knox. I still believe they have full control of the AFC East, especially with Tua's injury. Uh, But Mac Jones could take the Patriots to contend. Yeah, it's it's not the best division. I mean, you have the Jets. They're not going to do anything. Dolphins with their injured QB. I wasn't high on them before him healthy, but Patriots will put up a fight. But Bills easily team of the week, easily a complete blowout win against the Dolphins, thirty-five to nothing. Couple touchdowns, yeah. It wasn't Allen's best work, which means you better be afraid when it is his best work and he actually goes up against your team because he will pop off. Yeah, and. The Bills' defense had six sacks and one interception. Uh, they were pretty dominant. They can keep that up, though, because they have been pretty weak. Yeah. Our next award is Game of the Week. And I got to say, our primetime games have not been bad this year. Uh, we've been blessed. All of them are really close games, besides two of them. Uh, but it was the... Washington football team versus the New York Giants. And Danny Dimes proved me wrong and played pretty good receiving the pro football focus offensive player of the week. Uh, it was a back and forth game, but the game ended on two feet. A missed one reset by an offsides, and then the game winner went right down the middle. It was pretty exciting, uh, but, you know, typical Giants loss. Well, I know, and I know that. After watching the replay of the offsides, you can you can argue that it wasn't, that it was just on time. But obviously, right after you look at it once, it seems completely offsides, so that's what they went with. Yeah, I think uh, – I don't know. I They've been throwing so many flags this year. We don't know what's actually a penalty, so <laughs> – yeah, yeah, there's a flag every other play. Yeah. But game of the week for me, Vikings at Cardinals. I mean, when you have so many talented receivers, Justin Jefferson, Thielen, um, Hopkins, and then you don't have any of them putting the best stats on their team. You have K.J. Osborne against Randall Moore. I mean, that just shows – that's another weapon for each of those teams that can be very scary, especially since when they go up against solid defenses that can shut down your top receiver, that just adds another offensive weapon for them. Yeah, I'm definitely shocked by K.J. Osborne. Never heard his name before you brought this up. Uh, but he is, I believe, leading the team. In receiving yards, I want to say. Uh, and he put on a show. And Rondell Moore put on a show. Rondell Moore is like 5'7". Uh, that's pretty short for the NFL. 
and yeah. he's still scoring touchdowns. So yeah, and it's it should have been a must win for the Vikings to be honest because. Their next two games against the Seahawks and the Browns, it's going to be tough. I can see them easily starting off 0-4, which is not something to be happy about, especially since you're in the division with the Packers, who haven't been doing good, the Bears, who haven't been doing good, the Lions, who are awful. So they could have easily taken the top spot early, but with that loss and then these next two games, they'll be like a second seed in their division. Yeah, I do. I do think these next two are crucial, uh, but the Vikings could be two and zero right now, but they're zero and two instead. And our next award is the underrated player of the week. I had Henry Ruggs because he has been a key factor to the Raiders, who are two and zero. They are leading the AFC West, and in Week One, two catches for forty six yards which does not seem like a lot, but they came in crucial situations in the third and fourth quarter. And in week two, the sophomore wide receiver had five catches for 113 yards and a touchdown in the win over the Steelers. Yeah, I think I I completely believe in the Raiders to begin with. Everyone had them being last seed in their division and everything, but I had them, I still have them over the Chargers not over the Chiefs because the Chiefs will get things back together, but they're an underrated team. They don't have the best offensive line, but they do have offensive weapons. Derek Hart, extremely underrated. Uh, Waller, top three tight end. And then, obviously, underrated Henry Ruggs. Yeah, and like we covered last week, their defense is not to be messed with. Yeah, for sure. But – my underrated player of the week, Marquise Brown, easily. He only had six receptions, and he had 113 yards. That's almost 19 yards of reception. On top of that, he had a touchdown and a crucial win against the Chiefs. This is after Lamar had the most pathetic first half I have ever seen him have, but he wouldn't have been able to come back without Marquise Brown. Yeah, uh, I think it runs in the family because Marquise Brown's cousin is Antonio Brown, and both are like sneaky, quick receivers. Like, you don't see Marquise Brown until he catches the ball in the end zone. So, you got to keep an eye on him. Um, I'm pretty scared because the Browns' secondary isn't looking too good. Uh, so, we're going to have to watch Marquise Brown when we play the Ravens. Yeah, the, the Brown secondary will be fine. It's just going to take a few weeks. And our Rookie of the Week award, my Rookie of the Week is linebacker turned defensive end for this week, Micah Parsons. Uh, in his second career game, a guy who's been playing linebacker his whole life got moved to defensive end due to some injuries on the D-line, and he did not disappoint with one sack, one tackle for a loss, four quarterback hits, and eight pressures. This is impressive considering the last rookie to have eight pressures in a game was a guy by the name of Nick Bosa, who is a pretty good defensive end. Yeah, Cowboys definitely came up. And when you're going against last year's offensive rookie of the year and you don't have a good defense, but then your rookie defender comes in and starts popping off, then you know that you at least have a start at defense. 
Yeah, I definitely think eh, – I think they're going to put him back at linebacker, but if they ever need an emergency defensive end, they can rely on Micah Parsons. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, linebackers is go-to position, which he is amazing at. So that is why I see him as defensive rookie of the year right now. Yeah, same. But my rookie of the week, Mac Jones. He did not have any touchdowns, I'll tell you that. But he also didn't have any interceptions. And he also threw 30 times, and 20 of two of them were catches. That's And he had 186 yards. I understand it's against the Jets. The Jets' defense is awful. But when you have Mac Jones coming in here, your rookie QB puts up 25 pretty much. He doesn't get the touchdowns because they went to the running game, but he's the reason they scored. Um, You know that you have a bright future, and especially since this last year's draft was completely loaded with QBs. You look at them now, Justin Fields is struggling. Um, Zach Wilson is struggling a lot. Uh, Trey Lance hasn't really played. I mean, you got a snag of Mac Jones. Yeah, I think the Patriots are definitely set for the future. And Mac Jones is slowly and quietly proving he quarterback of this draft. Trevor Lawrence isn't anything to write home about. Zach Wilson kind of just looks like every other Jets quarterback. Uh, pretty crappy. And Justin Fields is getting his first start this week against our Cleveland Browns. Uh, we'll see how he does. And then Trey Lance, It's I'm hearing that they're going to start him in a couple weeks. Uh, but right now the Niners are 1-1, one and one, so it doesn't really make sense to pull. Yeah, the top division. So you, you want to start winning now if you're in that division. Yeah, so they might they might put Trey Lance in soon uh, or just wait until Jimmy plays bad. Our week three predictions starts off with the Texans at the Panthers. I'm going Panthers because Sammy Darnold is playing amazing right now. Yeah, wh- it's it's got to be the Jets curse or something. I mean... They cannot get a solid QB. Zach Wilson is struggling a lot, a lot. And then Sam Darnold was, but right when he got traded, he's popping off on the Panthers now. So I'm going Panthers. And the Panthers' defense is playing out of this world. Uh, Brian Burns, linebacker. Yeah, and we don't even know. Tyrod Taylor probably won't be playing. He's had a great start, only for like a game and a half, but – he probably won't be playing. That means they're going to have to do the running game a lot. They have a lot of running backs, but that's not going to win them the game. The next game we have is the Colts versus Titans uh, in division rivalry. And I'm going to have to go to Titans because the Colts just do not look good right now. And Carson Wentz apparently has two sprained ankles. Uh, I don't know how he's going to go out on the field. Yeah, I'm going Tennessee because the Colts had a solid roster and then – Carson Wentz injuries, and then they want to do the running back committee instead. It's falling apart pretty badly, which stinks because they could have had been a contender, Not maybe not this year, but next year. But with all these injuries and the bad coaching, I don't see it happening. So Tennessee is going to win this game. It's still confusing me. 
Jonathan Taylor is not the clear running back and why they're just letting other people take the ball. Jonathan Taylor is skilled, so give him the ball. Yeah, you'd think they'd want to win, but I guess not. And the next game, uh, it's it's a snooze fest. It's the Falcons versus the Giants. Uh, not sure who's going to be watching this. Probably not even Giants fans. Uh, but I'm going Falcons because Matt Ryan and the Falcons offense put up 25 points against the Bucks defense. And besides throwing the two pick sixes, Matt Ryan looked like decent. And if they throw Kyle Pitts the ball, they're going to win. But they just don't like throwing Kyle Pitts the ball. Yeah, the the Falcons have a couple offensive players, and that's it. Matt Ryan's obviously way out of his prime. Ridley's good. Kyle Pitts is good. But they're not using Kyle Pitts as you would think they would. Maybe they will this week. Maybe they're just taking their time. But I do have the Giants winning, I think. Daniel Jones will get his first one of the season against the Falcons. Yeah, especially after last week's Thursday night game, I feel like the Giants definitely need a win or else they're going to go down a hole and a trail of losing. Yeah, especially after the close one and then the Falcons getting blown out by the Buccaneers, I think Giants win by a couple touchdowns. And after that division... Hold on. And next we have another division rivalry. Oh, my God. And next we have another division rivalry with the Los Angeles Chargers and Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, Kansas City in a blink. Uh, The Chargers do not look good. Uh, Herbert kind of disappointing after everybody hyped him up. I think that... Chargers win this one. Kansas City is struggling a lot. Their defense is not stepping up. Tyreek Hill had his first game was outstanding, then his second game was awful. So it's going to be up and down for him. I don't know. I don't know. The Chiefs will struggle this year a lot. So I do have the Chargers winning this one. And then we go to another division rivalry with the Bengals versus the Steelers. Uh, I'm taking Pittsburgh's defense again. It burned me last week, but I'm taking Pittsburgh's defense over Joe Burrow. Well, what's the latest news on TJ Watt? Uh, I believe he's playing. Uh, I know he did get hurt, but I think they were just holding him out of the last game. Okay, so I can see if if it's really an injury, I don't know if you want to put him in against the Bengals. I don't know about that, or at least given like a full game playing time. But I think Bengals win this one by a field goal, maybe. It's going to be close. Big Ben has been complaining about his shoulder, the biggest wimp on this planet. So I don't see him doing good at all this game. But I'm going Joe Burrow and the Bengals. And our next game is our Cleveland Browns against Justin Fields and the Chicago Bears. Yeah, Cleveland Browns will blow them out. Yeah, they're going to blow them out, but I'm excited to watch Justin Fields. Uh, He might get hurt against our defense, though, so hopefully not. Uh, Yeah, he might. I can see him taking a couple big hits, but 
at least it's not Andy Dalton. I mean, this is Fields' time to shine. Since he didn't get the start over Dalton the first two weeks, this is his time to show that he deserves a start for the rest of the season because when Andy Dalton comes back, he's going to expect to be playing when he shouldn't be playing anymore for the rest of his career because he is awful. So hopefully Justin Fields plays good. Hopefully the Browns win. Yeah, and that's another thing. Matt Nagy came out and Andy Dalton is their starting quarterback. And basically to expect Justin Fields to go back to the bench when Andy Dalton's healthy, which I do not agree with. That's completely stupid. Yeah, terrible coaching staff. And then we have Baltimore versus Detroit. Baltimore, uh, Detroit, they put up fights, but they always get behind in the game. They never have a lead. Yeah, Ravens will win this one. But Lions, Lions, it's not like they have absolutely nothing right now. Jared Goff is underrated. He's not as bad as people thought he was. He was injured last year with his thumb, so obviously what didn't do as good. He doesn't have the best O-line right now, but the Lions do have some weapons, Jared Goff, Swift, but I don't know. I don't see them winning at all this year, really. Maybe a game or two, but it's going to be a blowout. Yeah, and we saw how Lamar – destroyed the Chiefs defense last week rushing wise uh he is a running back uh who throws sometimes but he is a running back well which brings me back to the point how the Chiefs will struggle this year when Lamar throws two interceptions like pretty much right off the bat and you still lose to them you are going to struggle and then we have New Orleans versus New England. Uh, this is Jameis Winston after the first week. He was a dud the second week. Uh, but I am trusting him to go off against New England. Uh, I think their defense isn't going to hold their receivers. But I could see Mac Jones leading to a win. Yeah, I can, I'm can. i going Patriots. I can see Mac Jones taking this team to win this week. But I know the Saints are trying to get Stephon Gilmore from the Patriots. I have heard rumors about that. I don't know. I don't really know why. I mean, he's not bad, but he's also not young. And the Saints... The Saints aren't the best on the age-wise. They're kind of higher up. So I don't see why they would trade for Stephon Gilmore when they should be trading for other players. Yeah, literally trade for anybody else. Um, They have young corners. I don't know why they want to bring in Gilmore, who's on the older side. Uh, It doesn't make much sense. Yeah, maybe... They still have Mike Thomas, so who knows who they're going to try to get for him. But Mike Thomas to the Patriots, that would be interesting. I would like that. That would set up Mac Jones with a nice target. Yeah, and you could probably get him for somewhat cheap, especially since he hasn't been the best player in the locker room and he has been fighting injuries. Yeah. 
And the next game is Arizona Cardinals versus Jacksonville Jaguars. Trevor Lawrence is trash. Cardinals. Yeah, Cardinals easy. I mean, the Jags are disgusting. I don't know why so many people were high on Urban Meyer, Trevor Lawrence. They Their best player right now is most likely James Robinson. He popped off last year, and they aren't even using him. It's pathetic. I don't see them winning close to any games this year. I mean, Cardinals next, then the Bengals. That could be a close one. But then Tennessee, Dolphins defense, Seahawks. I mean, it doesn't get easy for them. Yeah, I feel like this is just going to be a weekly thing with us. Uh, We don't hate the Jags, but they're bad. So we're just going to tell it like it is. Yeah, they're, they're not going up. They're going down still. Next game is the Washington football team versus the Buffalo Bills. Uh, Washington football team looks like a decent team, but as we said earlier, Josh Allen might find his rhythm, and I think he'll throw four touchdowns this game. Yeah, they're definitely facing a tough defense, but they're Washington's defense will hold. Their offense won't. I want Fitzmagic back. He's the better QB. He's the most experienced, but obviously he's out for pretty much half the season. So their offense will struggle. They do have Scary Terry, who was extremely scary last week. But they also have Antonio Gibson, who they aren't using as much as you would have thought they would. Yeah, I'm kind of shocked by the non-use of Antonio Gibson because after last year, he seemed like he was a focal point in the offense. Well, especially after everyone was saying he's the next McCaffrey. Yeah, he definitely has talent, but they're just not running him, not passing to him. And it's making me mad because I drafted him in like three fantasy leagues. That brings us to the Jets against the Broncos. The Broncos will win this. I mean... Now that they have Teddy Bridgewater starting, he's not the best QB. He's better than Drew Locke. That's all that matters. They have weapons. That's all I can say. Their defense can hold. So the Jets are pathetic. Zach Wilson threw so how many interceptions? Three last week? I think he threw four. Four, even better. Their offense is a joke. They have Corey Davis. Besides that, it's it's a joke. Yeah, I'm not even going to talk too much about this. Denver defense against Zach Wilson equals Broncos win. We got Miami against Las Vegas. Las Vegas. I mean, the Raiders will will win this one easily. The Dolphins, I don't know how long they're going to be without Tua. That means they're going to have to use the running game more, I'm guessing. I was never high on Tua, but them losing him to injuries – will hurt them tremendously. Yeah, I'm not high on Tua either. Uh, They're going to be with Jacoby Brissett for next couple weeks. Uh, Jacoby Brissett is a good backup, but Las Vegas defense trumps everything. Yeah, especially, especially their offense against the Dolphins defense. The Dolphins defense isn't that bad, but they gave up 35 to... Josh Allen, who wasn't on his best play. Yeah, I definitely could see 
maybe a Henry Ruggs breakout. He hasn't really, like we talked about, he had five catches, two catches. Maybe he gets like double-digit catches or maybe maybe like two or three touchdowns I'd like to see from him. Yeah, I think I think Waller will pop off this week. He'll show that as of now, he is better than George Kittle this so far this season. Yeah, I I could definitely agree with that. And our next game is the Seahawks versus the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, Seahawks, but this game is going to be close. I don't think it's going to be as close as you think. I mean, the Seahawks have used Tyler Lockett like he's DK Metcalf. Wait till they start using DK Metcalf, and it will get crazy. I'm telling you. And like I said before, the Vikings most likely will start off 0-4. I don't see them winning this game at all. Yeah, I do believe if they lose this game, they'll definitely lose to the Browns. And you never want to start off 0-4. That's a kind of hard hole to come out from. Especially when you have the chance to be number one in your division. Yeah, you definitely have to jump on that. You can't mess around. And that takes us to the Buccaneers and L.A. We have the Buccaneers winning. That's that's just simple. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to say the Buccaneers, but I also think the Rams have an equal chance of winning. Uh, it's going to be a Tom Brady versus Matt Stafford battle. Uh, and the defenses. They both have great defenses. So... Really, it just depends on who plays better. Well, I I like the Rams. I think they will make the Super Bowl this year. But I think right now, this time of the season, they lose to the Buccaneers. I think it's going to be like the Saints against the Buccaneers last year where the Buccaneers got blown out by the Saints during the season and then playoffs come and then it turns around. Yeah, I could definitely see that. Uh, the only thing I don't like is um, I typically would see the Bucks losing this game and then winning in the NFC Championship. But as you're saying, maybe it's the other way around. Yeah, I'm going Buccaneers. Sunday night football game, which is Green Bay once again in primetime versus San Fran. Green Bay, because Aaron Rodgers is back. He doesn't look like that Aaron Rodgers from week one. Well, week two was ugly. It was not as ugly as week one, but it was ugly. I think they'll be perfectly fine. I think if a team that needs to worry more than them, it's the Chiefs. Green Bay will get back to it. They have so many weapons, and you saw Aaron Jones just pop off, and that's when they barely used Devontae Adams. Yeah, uh, Aaron Jones had three touchdowns, uh, and I believe two of them were receiving, or maybe three of them. But either way, they got to get Devontae Adams in the game. Yeah, once they do, it's it's over. Like It's going to get ugly for the opposing teams real fast. Yeah, that's really... I mean, that's what happened last year was Devontae Adams went off. Uh, 
But now, I don't know what's his problem or what's Rogers' problem, but he's not being used. That brings us to our last prediction of week three. The Eagles at the Cowboys. I'm going Eagles. I think they're easily the underdog in this game. I think Jalen Hurts can do something against this defense. I think Dak's going to do something against the Phillies defense. Uh, 500 yards, four touchdowns, and a rushing touchdown. Mm, Yeah. They, They blow out the Eagles. This will be the game of the week. Next week when we do the podcast, we will come back and I will be saying, remember when I said this is the game of the week? This will be the game of the week, I am telling you. Can definitely agree with that because it is a division rivalry and both teams are doing good. Yeah, it's it's basically offense against offense. So we have to see what defense can try to step up. Yeah, definitely. And I personally want to see more of Devontae Smith. Yeah, he's the best receiver in this draft class by far right now. And if Jalen Hurts can keep connecting to him, it's going to get some chemistry to build, and it's going to be good for the Eagles. Yeah. As always, thanks for listening, wherever you're listening, however you're listening. If you're back, thank you. Come back next week. If it's your first time, also come back next week. And make sure to follow us on Twitter. We're going to start posting. That is at NNN Sports Pod. And that's about it. All right. We'll see you next time on Numbers, News, and Nonsense.